And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest this week is Dunstan Bruce. Now, Dunstan was the lead singer of the band Chumbawamba, who had the massive hit to listen to right now, Tub Thumping, back in 1997. It was everywhere. It was off the Tub Thumper album. And they're basically considered one-hit wonders, which is pretty unfortunate because prior to the Tub Thumper album, they had some amazing albums that go back to the mid-80s. People don't realize that. Very political band. We get into all of that. And Dunson is working on a documentary called I Get Knocked Down, The Untold Story of Chumbawamba. He's been working on it for a few years right now, and with the pandemic and everything, he's been able to get a lot of it done. He gives us an update about the documentary. This year, the one thing that I feel as though I've actually achieved is getting the film uh, to this to a fine cut stage, which we have managed and have started entering it uh, for film festivals. Okay. So it's about just it's about ninety minutes, uh, and we're really pleased with where we've got with it. It's taken us five years to get to this stage from when we started it which has been quite a torturous journey at times. And we've struggled to get anybody uh, to put any money into it since we did a Kickstarter campaign at the beginning of making the film. Um, And so hopefully next year it'll be, um, it'll be out there in the world. Right. We hope. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. I've been hearing yeah. about this for you know quite a few years now. Yeah, I know you're yeah. working on it. So I, I guess some good came out of the pandemic for you, at least. And it's funny. I was talking about it last night with, with uh, some some friends on the street. Right. And, uh, I was saying, look, this year uh, that is the one thing that has kept me sane. <laughs> is uh, you know working is is being able to just focus right on the film. And uh, so I did a lot of uh, editing remotely with. Uh, this lovely guy, Rath Chun, who was who started off being in London and then he was in Thailand and then he was in Paris. And we did a lot of work with him, which was great. And then uh, we've just done a, a few more weeks uh, with uh, uh, an editor who both me and Sophie Robinson, who I've made the film with and both worked with before, this guy called Jim Scott, who's a brilliant editor and, and a friend. And uh, so we've got it now to a stage where... Um, we're really pleased with it and we're entering it for film festivals. Right. So, so that has been my, <laughs> that's been my major achievement of 2020. Right. No, that, that, that's good. I mean, uh, everyone who's been like quarantined, you know, trying to pick up something to do. So it's glad that you were able yeah. to finish. I know yeah. you're going to want to see it. Um, now, like what, like what, what's the main purpose for this documentary? Like, what do you want people to like really get out of it? What this one started off as was a thing about what you can, what can you do when you enter the mainstream? That was my original idea five years ago. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's not that now. It's more my journey from right. growing up in the North of England to uh, being a member of Chumbawamba to what I'm doing now um, and how, uh, how when I was around the age of about 50, I had a bit of a, a, 
I wouldn't call it a midlife crisis as such, but it was, right. a, it was a crisis of confidence and wondering what I was doing in my life yeah. and thinking I've got to do, you know, I've got to, I, I seem to be uh, wallowing a little bit and getting a bit lost and feeling a bit invisible. Right. So I decided to do something about that and uh, uh, basically not sound like too much of a cliche. I sort of determined to, you know, sort of get back up again, I suppose. Um, yeah. And so it was, um, that was a process that then involved, you know, wanting to make a film, um, which then it became apparent that the film had to have a contemporary element to it as well. And that it couldn't just be the sort of the nostalgic backstory of Chumbawamba because um, that wasn't uh, engaging enough for people who we were pitching the film to. They wanted something a bit more than that. And um, it became apparent, you know, that, whilst I was making this film, I was also trying to get this new band going and I was determined to not just uh, disappear. So it became a combination of those two, it became a combination of those two ideas. It tells the story of Chumbawamba and it's got a lot of archive in there that people will never have seen before, but it's also, you know, a, a, a modern day journey about um, what do we do as we hit, um, for me, hit me 50, what yeah. do I do, you know, like to try and still have some sort of impact in the world or um, find like-minded people even, or just right. engage in, um, you know, the political process still and not just like call it a day. Yeah, I mean, I know like the majority, I wouldn't say that's not really fair to say, but a lot of people who get older, their political views, you know, tend to change a little bit. You know, they get more conservative as they get older. Uh, I'd imagine that you that hasn't changed for you, right? You're still the same uh, anarchist, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't. Yeah, it hasn't changed uh, massively. I, I suppose I've become a lot more realistic about things, right. and not as um, uh, uh, not not as um, not optimistic, not as uh, nihilistic, mm -hmm. or not as um, um, naive about about the state of the world and what we can and can't achieve right. uh, within it. But, you know, like part of the film is going to find, you know, a younger generation of, uh, of musicians and artists who would, who would, mm. sorry, I'm really sorry about that light. Oh, that's who okay. Are, uh, is, is part of the film is about going to meet and see other uh, musicians, uh, you know, of a younger generation who were sort of doing the things that we, that I was doing in my 20s and how inspiring I found that. And, you know, whether it's, uh, people on demonstrations are being involved politically or saying something with their music. There's a whole movement out there and those things are cyclical and always exist. And that was something that um, I'd sort of lost sight of a little bit. Um, and it was really good to find those people again and become part of, a, you know, of that milieu of people who were, you know, who were determined to uh, still do something about the world. Right. Do you feel that there's as many people like those, you know, young minded, uh, you know, I would say young adults, you know, slash musicians who feel the same way that you did back then. You think there's still that many? Yeah, I think I think so because I think that I think I think movements change and morph into other things, and how how people I think how people uh, get their message across is obviously completely different to when Chumbawamba started in the eighties, right. um, and so it's a completely different world that we that we now live in. But um, you know, I think a lot of inspiration of the last few years has come from has come from that younger generation, seeing them, uh, you know, people like, you know, that Emma Gonzalez speech right. is one of the most powerful uh, things I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, uh, both the, you know, the we call BS and the silence thing. I mean, I think as, you know, and as theatre, incredible pieces of theatre as well. And I think, I think that's, I think, just watching that and being, you know, being reduced to tears, watching her do that, I just think that's that's incredible. And she's not the only, obviously she's the tip of the iceberg. Right. You know, like, and, and you know, and you find those people as we were making the, as we were making the film, we were uncovering bits of, you know, bits of footage of different stuff from around the world, you know, different people. Uh, and it's, and it, and it, weird, weird, weirdly for, for, for me, it was like, it seemed to be, it seemed to be, um, Lots of lots of really fired fired up young women who would who were so articulate and, and right. so vocal in their views. And I and I just thought that was it just felt so powerful to me. I was I was really moved by it. And I think so I think, you know, like 
everything that happened around and the size of all the demonstrations I've seen over the last few years and the way people are organizing, I think is um is is quite is quite remarkable. Um, you know, particularly when you watch what's going on in the States in particular, you know, it seems as though um there's a lot of people who who are um who have been, you know, like um uh, inspired to get involved, you know, what at whatever age, and whether that's because of um you know, because of school shootings, or whether it's because of, uh, of you know Black Lives Matter, or, or you know whatever, whatever Trump was up to, you yeah. know, I think all those things have brought people out and, and made us all realise that there's a, you know, there's a there's a there's a world out there that's still you know up for grabs, and we're still we're a work in progress, and we can still you know we can still affect change, you know, and we've got to you know like and and I love the idea of um, being. Uh, at one time, maybe being the people who were who were inspiring other people to now being inspired by a younger generation, I think that's, I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, because you know, I know you guys have issues overseas with you know Boris Johnson and obviously the EU, the Brexit and everything like that. We have issues, you know. Yeah. Finally, yeah. with uh, with our president leaving, you know, and uh, you know soon, um, but. I really think this time these um, demonstrations and the Black Lives Matter is actually going to stick, you know, because before, yeah. it, you know, it would go on for, you know, a couple of weeks and then nothing. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I grew up 20 minutes from the Sandy Hook for shootings. So, and oh, it's, gotcha. it's, yeah, if 20, you know, first graders get murdered and nothing happened. And that was eight yeah. years ago and nothing changed, you know, so it's if now I think really we're going to get some change. Yeah. You know, it took a while. It took a lot of lives lost. But I think now we're finally going to get some, you know, powerful change. And you know what? Just it was it was weird. Just see that just last night I was watching that. Uh, there's a, a a David Byrne film uh, made by Spike Lee, American Utopia. That's right. Yeah. And I was watching. I was watching. I'd I'd seen it in in Brighton a few couple of years ago. And I was watching the I was watching the Spike Lee film of it. And he, he, even that is just laced with politics. Right. It's like just the everything about it has has a political aspect, whether it's Im, implicit or explicit. And I love that. I love that about it that there's there's people around like you know like David Byrne and Spike Lee who are who we re, who we think of as creatives who are you know who are making sure that the stuff that they're doing has that sort of input as well. You know, and I think that's I think that's great. I think that's really uh, that that inspired me. You know, just watching that last night. Yeah. In fact, it's really emotional. I found it really emotional, actually. Really, yeah. Really, really emotional. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit too uh, when it first came out, and it's 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 really well done. And uh, yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, like in the states, you have like you know young you know young adults who you know are vocal but would never go to the ballot box and not, not, never vote. You know, yeah, yeah. Now that's really changed. It's past election that that really changed. So you know, they finally putting their money where their mouth is. So yeah, yeah, that really really helped. It's it it is like, and and that's one of the things that you become more pragmatic. That I've become more pra pragmatic about as I've got older. Right. Is is how you affect change, because I you know in my in my teens and my twenties I I didn't believe in in that system mm. and that voting could change anything yeah um i changed my opinion to think that um it's important to vote whilst understanding that that doesn't necessarily mean that change will come but it's it's important to uh, engage in that process mm -hmm. because um to not engage in that process can be quite alienating to a lot of people you know right. who you who you may be trying to talk to and um, I think I think there's a I think there's arguments for you know like trying to take things one step at the time whilst at the same time operating out operating still outside of that uh, traditional form of uh, you know of voting and politicians making decisions for you. I think we can do but I, I think we can do both now. And yeah. I used to for a long time I thought we could only do one or the other. Right. And I think we just have to seize any any you know I think it is by any means necessary and that I think that includes uh, you know the the um, trying to use the democratic system to our advantage and to find and to find the cracks in that you know at the same time and and uh, and, and maybe you know get a foothold in those in those what seem to be uh, quite liberal centrist organisations and you know and gradually try and push them uh, slowly to the left 
or, or, or for the mm. left to have an influence over, from, from my perspective, for the left to have some sort of influence over what sort of decisions they make and how those decisions are made. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. But you mentioned, you know, Chumbawamba back in the 80s. And I know that, um, you know, uh, your song came out in 97, was huge. But were you really surprised how many people thought that was like your debut album? You just burst on this <laughs> yeah. overnight sensation. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was ridiculous because that was after 15 years. Right. Of, uh, I, I think. I think what's interesting. I think what was the, what was interesting for us about that was uh, was that we'd spent 15 years prior to that trying to change the world, right. trying to have an influence uh, uh, and be inspiring to people and use our creativity in a political way, and it felt as though a lot of the time that was, um, even though that was. Uh, a, a good place to, even though I think being in a place with other people where and sharing that space with other people and sharing ideas and bringing people together is really good. It, it was, you know, it was, it was quite self-contained in a way. And uh, that container got bigger and bigger as the years went on. But once Tub Thumping happened, what that did is that put us on a global stage and gave us a platform. Right. So I think what was important to us was that we used that platform, took those opportunities to um, being in the belly of the beast, to use that, to use our position, uh, uh, you know, for good, basically. And I think we tried our hardest to do to do that and make a difference. So it's like, it's like that idea that, um, uh, you know, the converted can take care of themselves. Right. You know, we don't, we don't need, we don't need to necessarily engage with the, we want we wanted to engage with the people who didn't know who Chumbawamba were, who didn't, right. you know, who, who would, who would dismiss our politics and our ideas uh, just because uh, of how we looked or, how, or where we were positioned on the, you know, on the pop spectrum and stuff yeah. like that. So, th so that song was an amazing, once in a lifetime opportunity to try and do something um, from our position of, of, of uh, you know, of fame, and that was, and that was uh, exhausting. Busting at times, but I think I I am I'm really glad we had that opportunity to try and do that and to use our voice and our money to you know do 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 worthwhile things. Right, I know. Like uh, obviously, you had a kind of devoted fan base in the states prior to that, you know, underground stuff. But do you feel any of them kind of felt I wouldn't say betrayed, but like that you quote unquote sold out. You were on EMI, and then you you were on that uh, compilation of the fuck EMI. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. do you think some? Oh, of yeah, yeah. I mean, we got loads of stick for that. We got loads right. of stick for that. But um, I don't think I don't think a ro the role of a creative person is to do what your audience want you to do. Right. I don't think that's I don't think that's our role. Firstly, right. I think you've got to be true to yourself, and then you've and I think one of Chimbawamba's philosophies was always to try and always do something different every yeah. time, you know, every few years. Right. And I think if we hadn't, it felt as though we would reach, we'd reached a point in about 96 where we were stagnating a little bit. Right. Um, and I think we needed that kick up the arse and we needed to do something different because it could have all, you know, it could have all fizzled out at that point. So I think tub thumping for us was not only, uh, uh, you know, like a, this amazing, uh, this amazing, this song that led on to these amazing events. It was also like, whilst we were making it, I think it was like a, an indication that we'd come back together as a group of people and we determined to to do something um, that we wanted that we wanted to to do. Because um, I don't, I, I think if you look back at Chumbawamba's catalogue. I think you will see, you know, that we made all these different changes as the years went on, right. you know, whether it was doing a acapella album or it was doing a, an album that was based on, you know, the fact that dance music was taking off in the, yeah. you know, late 80s, early 90s. I think we always tried to do something different with the music, um, even though the ideas we were expressing in the music might always have been the same. I think we always tried to move uh, with the with the times in a way and I think that was always so that was challenging because I think as an artist you've got to challenge yourself all the right. time as well I don't think there's any point just like 
taking it easy because we all know artists who just take it easy and churn out an album every couple of years yeah. and you know you know that most bands best albums are the first or second album right, really. unless, <laughs> right. you know unless you like so pretty special you've gone away for a few years and you come back and you release mm-hmm. something that's i was just listening to that fiona apple album oh it's fantastic I mean, it's yeah. just an incredible piece of art. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. incredible. Yeah, and and you know, and I think she's been, you know, she's been around since the nineties. Yeah, she's done an album. You know, this. So I think, I think stuff like that is absolutely, you know, I totally admire her for what she's done with that album. I think it's incredible. Um, but you know, like a lot of people just churn out the same stuff year after year yeah. after year, and that's a really easy thing to do, and it's quite right. a safe route uh, to take. And so I think what we've tried to do is, is it. I think Chimwamba always tried to not be nostalgic about stuff, which is one of the reasons why we never got back together because right. we didn't really go back to doing what we did years ago. And also, um, you know, it's all, it was also that we never, we never wanted to get stuck in a ghetto. And that goes back to the days of, you know, when we started off and we were involved in the anarcho punk scene in the UK, right. you know, we, we, we thought then, look, we can't, we can't, we can't just stay in this, in this little, in this little, it's a safe space. It's a really safe space and we could just exist in this little world, but we wanted to talk to more people than just those people in that, uh, in that small uh, scene. And so I think we always tried to do that. So when we got, when we got heavily, heavily criticized for, um, uh, for what happened with tub thumping, um, we, uh, uh, we just took, I mean, we had to just take that on the chin because I think we thought the wider world, yeah. it was more important what was going on in the wider world and the the influence or effect that we could have in, in the wider world rather than just in a small uh, cabal, you know, of people right. who were like um, purist in, you know, in thought and deed, but, but, but that was very inward looking. I think we always wanted to be outward looking. I think that's what was very important to us. And that was partly because I think where we'd all come from as well, you know, and, and how we got into music ourselves. Um, you know, like I discovered punk from seeing it on TV. Okay. Not from, a, not from going to, a, not from going to a, you know, a, 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 a little club or a show right. from what, seeing it on TV. And I just thought, whoa this is amazing what right. is this yeah you know? and that's how i discovered it and i just think and i think i think most of the people in chamwamba were in were the, were the, in the same boat though we discovered it through seeing it you know on on those sort of you know on mainstream television now i completely and utterly totally admire ian mckay and i and i know that what they've he's done things in a completely different way but right. He's he and it's and it's amazing what he's did he's done and he came to you know he came to where he is now in a completely different route and I respect what he does and he respects what I do you know it's just we're doing it in a different way right maybe we're ending up in the same place you know eventually you know and and those two things can exist side by side because what what he's done you know is is incredible but. at the same time, you know, I think we always wanted to uh, break out of, you know, the scene we were in and, and, yeah. and talk to other people because of our own experience, you right. know, because his experience wasn't finding music through the television because he didn't watch television, yeah. but it was for us, it was. And so I think it was uh, that always stayed with us. Right. I mean, the love of music you it was drawn to you guys, just different paths. So yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Right. yeah. And I think it's brilliant that we can both exist in the same, you know, in right. the same you know uh, on the same side right absolutely and what i find like very interesting about the band is you know the, the eight members you said they all have a say so they yeah. all have an equal say you got all credit and um it was a democracy which most bands who are democracies don't last and you guys yeah. lasted you know, a couple <laughs> yeah. decades so that's a, a testament to you guys you know yeah and we're still friends now right which is even you know more important you know <laughs> yeah I saw, hopefully, um, hopefully we still will be after they've seen me film as well <laughs> right yeah and you, you mentioned that's the- that's my event that's my venture that's not that's okay. not collective effort that's my right. my venture but they've all uh they've they've all uh part, you know partook in it as well and been part been part of that process and being right. very supportive you know along the way right that's great and I, I i saw a clip um of you guys together talking about the brits award oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. um you yeah. talk about a little bit about that because you know most people i don't really think know about that whole uh situation involving the deputy prime minister yeah so it was um we we were um they have these uh, awards every year uh in the uk called the brits 
which is like basically I don't know what the equivalent is over there. It's, it's uh, the, the Grammys. The Grammys. Yeah. The Grammys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like the UK version of the the Grammys. So we were up for single of the year, um, and so um, we got asked to perform at the event. Yeah. Uh, which we were which we were quite reluctant to do at first, but then we sort of uh, managed to find a way of uh, uh, presenting ourselves in a way that we were happy with. Um, we had a film behind mm -hmm. us that was all about demonstration and protest. And we did the song and we changed the word, we changed some mm -hmm. of the words to the song because at the time it was the year after um, Tony Blair's new Labour had just got into power. And we were involved mm -hmm. in a, a dock workers dispute in Liverpool, mm -hmm. a strike um, that um, the Labour Party themselves could have resolved that strike. They, uh, they owned part of the firm that were actually involved in the strike. And John Prescott himself had been part of the union that were involved in that strike as well. And so when we'd gone to the Brits with a couple of dock workers who were, if we won, the best single of the year they were going to go up and get the award okay it was live then it was broadcast live then right and they were going to they were going to you know talk about the the strike that they were on anyway we didn't win okay. but we did find out that prescott was there um at the awards ceremony and the dockers we were with were saying look he was he turned his back on us you know he's like he's supposed to be the only working class member of the cabinet and he just turned his back on us Right. And so, you know, we were all a bit drunk, all a bit excited. <laughs> yeah. And then it just came up as an idea. What can we do? Yeah. And then, and then Damba, Alice and Paul uh, went over to his table and uh, chipped a lot of water off. <laughs> and Damba got up on the table and said, this is for the Liverpool dock workers. Right. So he made a big, so he, so he did announce what it was for. And then he released a press, he, he released a like a little oh. press release about it. And it was just all, the next day it was just all over all the papers. Right. Well, you know what had happened. Um, it kind of the reason for doing it did get lost a little bit in all the furore afterwards, but um, uh, which was a little bit of a shame. But it was yeah. important that we, uh, you know, that was a classic case of, you know, like we're in this situation, what are we going to do? You know, we, right. we didn't belong to that club, you know, we were we felt uncomfortable at an event like that anyway. It was weird that we right. were there, but um, but we just thought, look, we've got nothing to lose here, we're not bothered about Chumbawamba as a career. You know, we're bothered about Chumbawamba as a, as a, as a, a, you know, a political, a political pop band, and so we just thought, look, let's just, you know, let's just have a laugh, and let's make yeah. a point at the same time, which is largely what we've done over the years anyway. So it was, um, yeah. So um, it caused quite a lot of fuss and got yeah. a lot of press, a lot of press coverage. Right. And then, yeah. and then it, it, it sort of affected our career a little bit after that, but I don't think we were that bothered about that. Yeah. And I know like you also, you know, been on like the late shows in, in the States and did something similar with David Letterman's show. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did the, yeah. We did a, it was when we were involved in the Mumia Abu Jamal uh, right. campaign to get him off death row, um, which, he, which he did eventually come off death row. Um, but at the time, um, there was a lot of people who, who were quite vocal about his case. And we uh, joined in on that and uh, changed part of the chorus to a, a free Mumia Abu Jamal chant, which caused all sorts of chaos. Because that program is more or less live. I think it goes out like about an hour or two later or something. Yeah, a couple hours, This yeah. whole thing about whether they were going to broadcast it or not. And then they did end up broadcasting it. And then I think we did it again on the Keenan Ivory Wayne's show as well. Okay. The, the same thing. Um, okay. Just to, just to publicise this case, really, and bring, you yeah. know, bring the, the attention to, uh, you know, to the predicament he was in. Right. So that was, you know, that was the sort of thing that whenever we were somewhere, we'd think, well, what can we do? What should we do? Right. What could we do? Yeah. Should we do something? Should we not do something? You know, so it was um, it was always that sort of dilemma we had about um, how we how we use our position, basically. Right. This is also the other thing about us giving the song. No, not actually. It wasn't that song. It was another song that we gave to General Motors oh, that's right. to use to use in a car out of it. And then we gave the money. So we then gave the money away. Yeah. indie media and court watch and it was stuff like so it was doing stuff like that that we thought right. was really was was really uh, not to blow me cut out on trumpet so too much but that was the sort of thing that we were doing right uh, which was uh which which made it all feel worthwhile you know when you're getting yeah. up at like five o'clock in the morning to go on some horrendous radio show yeah. where everybody is in stupidly jolly about everything and like you know this and you get yeah. stuck on one of these programs and you're thinking what the fuck am I doing on here? Yeah. You know, to know that the other side of the coin is that you do, you know, you can do these other things. Then it makes it feel right worthwhile.
absolutely because they probably only heard that one song and oh yeah one of your previous yeah. albums so it's like why, why am i bothering doing you know yeah. the fourth one in like three days and whatever yeah but um like i, I discovered you guys with the anarchy album back in, in 1994 uh, my favorite Chumbawamba album. Yeah, I, I loved it too. Yeah, I was I was uh, working at my college radio station, and uh, oh wow, yeah, and they were playing uh, "Give the Anarchist a Cigarette." Yeah, and, you know, I'm like, that's a pretty cool song. I check out the other ones, and it was like, wow, this album's awesome. So yeah, <laughs> so you, you got a yeah. fan well, well before most uh, Americans. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that album. Yeah, I think it's our best album actually. In fact, I think that album is closest to the Tub Thumper album. I think in in in. For me, it was this, that that was like uh, yeah. I think I think when I've got really fond memories of that time around the Anarchy album because I think that was when and that was sort of when we went from playing uh, four hundred capacity venues to like eight hundred to a thousand capacity venues. We right. took quite a little leap up. We took a step mm. up because we'd just done this huge tour supporting the Levelers, this UK band who were, okay. who, were who were really big at the time. And right. Did a, a big tour supporting them, and we seemed to take on a lot of their fans after that, which was which was. Uh, really good for us right and uh, and so we started playing bigger venues everywhere and it, that was uh, that was a really exciting time and i think i just think the stuff we were doing then we were we were sort of really on top of what we were doing it was a good time yeah. how were like your like uh shows in the states like then compared to like say you know a bumping album do you know what was what was what was weird about the states was that we did a couple of tours you know we did one tour of the west coast for two yeah. weeks but then we did like a six or seven week tour of the whole of the states okay you know in a in a in one in a you know in a transit you know in a big uh, just in a transit van and that was that kill you know that absolutely yeah. killed us right. you know and that was you know like playing a gig um you know a, a playing a gig somewhere and then uh, in salt lake city or something then getting straight in the van after the gig and then traveling yeah. you know they're traveling to travel to the right. next gig so it was i'm really i'm really really glad we did it because it was an amazing experience but it was weird that the, then the next time we came <laughs> after that right. was you know like we were in yeah. you know we were being flown everywhere and all <laughs> we were in beautiful sleeper buses you know traveling yeah. around and it was a completely different experience um so i think it was good to have had that experience right. to not take what we had afterwards for granted of course i think this is how it is so yeah. we'd experienced you know we'd experienced that thing of just going around and playing to you know getting somewhere and playing to 30 people or, or whatever you know right. we'd done all that sort of thing so that was a real. So that that was an incredible experience. And in a lot of ways, that looking back, you know, the six six or seven week tour was yeah. a lot more exciting than the, you know, like yeah. than than you know when you just like when you just being taken from place to place, yeah. you know, and you and you sort of start to feel like a bit of a commodity, I suppose. Right. Whereas the whereas the other thing felt as though you know we were on the ground, you yeah. know, meeting people, and, and you know that felt that felt more real, I suppose. In a way. Right. Yeah. Was it like kind of like was it delicate then? Because you know you're you're touring with that huge album uh to kind of balance a playlist between like previous albums and tub thumper kind yeah yeah kind of i think we had um like what what we did what we had to do basically okay. is is start is is change the set around so we did we did tub thumping as the last song in the set yeah because we were aware that it used to be like before all that happened it was like i don't know fourth or fifth song in right. the set and we were like look we want people to stay till the end right so you know so we we, we switched the set yeah. we would switch the set around and they'd be so they'd have to you know stand or sit through all this yeah. stuff that they were they had no idea about right uh, or to get to uh you know to listen to something but also this weird thing happened that we didn't we didn't actually know about this thing that uh, Re Republic had done when they released the record is mm. that they released the single as a limited edition single. OK. And so and that sold out really quickly. And then so you had to then buy uh, the album, the album to get the single. Yeah. Which we didn't know about at the time. But in retrospect, it was great for us yeah get the album uh, out. <laughs> because you know because we never thought we were just that one song right we wanted you know we wanted yeah. people to be aware of everything right. that we've done so in that sense it, it that sort of idea worked 
worked really well for us, even though we didn't know it was <laughs> happening. Right. So yeah. yeah. And uh, and Michael, sorry, just so because like yeah. in in the in the UK, we sold over a million singles. Okay. But we only sold something like sixty thousand albums. Oh wow! So that, whereas in the yeah. states we sold millions of albums. Right. So it just shows how you know how that sort of marketing thing actually really you know worked right. worked sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas in the in the UK in the UK we we saw we were really you know regarded as a one hit wonder and right. people weren't that aware yeah. of all the other stuff that we'd ever done. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah, but that but that was fun doing that thing where you know like we'd we'd still be doing the song you know other songs that we've been doing for years or throughout yep. the nineties, right? Um, because it was because you know we were never about one song and we we were always we always thought you know the what we did live was a show, mm. and it and yeah. it you know like and there was you know like there was Dan Burt and Alice who were who you know the three of us were the, were yeah. the sort of the the you know, the, the clowns across the front of the stage. Right. You know, and we all, we all you know, we all played an equal part in doing yeah. different songs and coming on and off all the time. And right. I think we wanted to, to, I think it was important for people to see that we weren't just, you know, we weren't just this one band. Yeah. You know, we, had to, we had more of a collective identity. Right. And it was Alice who went on, right? I think it was politically incorrect to say, to, to you know, steal our album, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was incredible. I mean, editing this film, Finding all these, all this archive of her on right. American TV, it's just, um, she was remarkable. Yeah. I mean, she's she's just an amazing individual right. anyway. But yeah. seeing her, like, you know, take on, to not be scared of anybody on any right. program or, any, yeah. or anything, it's just, it's just remarkable. I mean, I have nothing but admiration for that woman. Right. Did, and it was really right. funny, like, if you did it, if yeah. you had to, if you, had, you know, we'd pair off to do interviews. Okay. And if you got paired off with Alice, you just knew that, Right. Well, I'm just going to sit there. Sit back and enjoy the show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you yeah. just knew that she was going to just like, she could just talk. Right. She was, she was amazing as well. She used to do that thing where I think it's um, that uh, Robin Williams film, Good Morning America, where he's a DJ. Oh, yeah. Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. And there's, there's this sequence where, right. he, where he gets up and he walks to the studio and he doesn't speak to anybody. And right. then he just, and then they say, "Right, you're on." Yeah. And, he puts, he, and then he just bursts yeah. into character. That's <laughs> right. what Alice was That's like in, in, in the morning. She was, right. in, she was incredible. She yeah. was absolutely amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Did the record company like kind of say, "Ah, maybe we shouldn't have Alice on anymore"? <laughs> <laughs> they probably thought that. Actually. Right. She caused a lot of trouble along the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some right. Of the stuff that she said, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So was it an easy song to write, Tough Thumping? Was it? Um, it's funny because we were writing a whole album. It was just one mm. song on an album. Right. You know, it was, we didn't know that was the single. Okay. You know, it was just one song that, yeah. that um, you know, was part of a, a was part of the whole album, which yeah. was like a, a, an album that was um, uh, based around, uh, we all lived in Leeds at the time, and it was an album that was supposed to be based around, you know, living in Leeds and right. what was going on uh, yeah. around Leeds. Uh, and that, and so that was just one aspect. That yeah. was just one aspect of it. It was only when we started doing gigs um, before it came out as a single that we thought, oh, wow, this is weird. That song yeah. goes down really well. People right. really like that song. And we'd have people coming up to us afterwards going, that song's got to be the single. And we were like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it was, so it was like, and then, and then, you know, people in the record industry got hold of it and was, were like saying, that song's going to be a hit. That song's yeah. going to be massive. And we were like, yeah. is it? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and, it, and it was, so we had no, we had no control over, uh, over that, you know, what right. we did. Yes, of course we did. We could have refused everything, obviously. Yeah. Right. But we had we we didn't know what was going to happen to it, I suppose. And it was like it felt as though people in the industry knew what was going to happen, and we were like, "Yeah, how did they know that? How how was that right. going to happen?" But yeah. it but it did, yeah. It just went it just went huge, and we just had to we just had to roll with it in a way, you know. We just had to go with it and uh, right. and make things up as we went along, really. Yeah, how we were gonna how we were gonna approach everything. But so the so the writing so the writing of that uh, of the of the song itself was. Um, was was just you know it was just one of 12 songs really right. yeah 
and it's yeah, I, I the album still holds up. I mean, it's it's a, it's a fun album. It, it, it really yeah, really yeah. Works. I still listen to. It. There's some songs that I really like. So yeah, that. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love the Good Ship Lifestyle. That's that's a you know fun. Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> fun song. Yeah. Now, um, like following that album, I, I'm sure there had to be so much pressure on you guys to have like a follow up as yeah album. Yeah. So that was well. That's when things started going wrong, basically, because. Right. Um, we started off making an album that was a bit similar to what we'd just done. And then we thought, why are we doing this? Right. Doing this for the wrong reasons. Let's but then but then but then as far as far as the industry is concerned, the, the mistake we then made yeah. was to make an album that was uh, you know, like a, a a social and political critique of the of the United States of America, <laughs> which as as even though even though we weren't even from there. Right, you know, arrogant enough to think that we could comment on everything that was going on there. Yeah. So obviously it was <laughs> it bombed massively, and obviously there wasn't another tub thumping on that album. Yeah. And we were we were already you know writing about different things, and we were we were like, um, you know, by that point people were you know like thinking about you know we we're burnt out. You know, a lot of people were burnt out by that time, right. and we just thought we've got to write a different sort of album. Yeah. Maybe we've got to take a step back a little bit. And you realize, you know, all those people that say that they're in it for the long haul, they're not in, they're not, they never are. Right. They never are. They just yeah. say, you know. Yeah. And we knew how that all worked, you know. So it was no big surprise when that album didn't do very well. And then we got dropped by EMI and Universal and just went back to doing what we'd been doing years before. Obviously, with a smaller audience because right. we pissed a lot, a lot of our loyal fan base off. Yeah. By doing that. But that was the price for us, that was the price we paid. Right. We're having that, that two years of absolute, you know, madness, really. Did did any of that audience come back? I mean, I, I, I'm imagining yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But... I'll tell you what did, I'll tell you what has happened since, is yeah. that when I got another band together, when I got a new band together called Interabang, right. when I started going out and doing gigs with Interabang, the sort of, the sort of uh, gigs or festivals that we played we're sort of like quite we're we're like punk or anarcho punk type affairs, right? And those and those people who either who put them on and who came to those events, kind of welcomed me back with open arms okay. in a way, and it was really heartwarming, you know. Like right. you know that yeah, those people thought that I'd sold out, but here I was back at square one, yeah. you know, with a new band doing something, playing you know, playing to thirty people in a room. And that I didn't have, you know, that I wasn't, you know, I, I, it was a completely different um, project with different with different people, and and that was so that felt like that felt really that felt really uh, encouraging and heartwarming mm -hmm. for me that um, those people. It was like you know, it was like getting told off. You know, you got <laughs> told off, and then they were like, "All right, you can come back." Come in. back. Yeah. <laughs> So that was you know so that was uh that was that was really that was that was something that was uh really uh <laughs> was really nice actually yeah just like um finding you know finding a place again in in yeah. you know in that in that world of uh protest right. um, music um because the sort of thing that interrobang is is you know it's very post-punk so you know it couldn't it couldn't it was never going to be a mainstream thing anyway so um I was just happy to find a home for it and for people to acknowledge, you know, that it was, you know, that it was, it was saying something of yeah. some worth and people were enjoying it. So that was really good. Right. Are you going to revisit that project at all? I'm trying to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's part of it. It became part of the film in a way. Okay. Uh, it was partly because um, what the, what the, uh, what the album is about, it is about reaching middle age and what, mm. and what do you do, you know? So it's about that sort of thing about yeah. you know, trying to find, your place in the world and uh, and what it means and to not give you know to not give up basically just right. you know it's just uh, you know always you know there's and there's other people out there who feel the same so that was really that was really encouraging and that became part of the that became part of the film you right. know the fact that um, part of I think what I realized when I got back back up on stage after not being on stage for a long time was yeah. what I realized was that is something that I can do that I've learned how to do yeah. that I'm sort of um, feel confident doing that I can just get up on a stage and I can perform. And I used to think anybody can do that. And I don't think anybody can do that. I think yeah. different people have different skills and different abilities. And yeah. I just realized that that was the thing that I feel really comfortable doing. And it's a world that I like to yeah. be a part of. 
Right. So, so getting back up and doing that felt really, uh, it, it was a really good thing for me. It was a brilliant thing for me. Mm-hmm. Having watched other people up on stage for, you know, years mm-hmm. in between. Yeah. Thinking I could do that and then doing it, you know, then getting, getting off my ass and actually doing it was, was, was good. And that's part, and yeah. I, th- I think that's part, that was part of my, you know, my whole journey, really, you know, right. getting to do that again and how mm-hmm. that made me feel and what a good thing it was for me. Right. What was like the biggest, like, surprising things you got out of making the film? Um, biggest surprising thing I got of making the film? Um, I think, I mean, it's been such a long process, but the, I, I thought it's the most surprising, I can only think of things like where I think that's brilliant, you know, like it's like meeting people but you want to be in the film and there and you're right. thinking, oh, will you be in the film? There's a there's a, a a UK film director called Ken Loach, okay. who I've completely admired for years as a as a director and a, as a political activist. He's in his 80s now and he's still he's still, you know, on the front line and that. He's amazing. Anyway, going to him, meeting him by accident at a demonstration and then asking whether he would, you know, be up for being in the film. Right. And he's sort of like humbled by the fact that I've asked him to be in yeah. my film. You know, I'm like, no, this is, no, you shouldn't be humbled. I should be humbled. Right. You know, it's just felt like, and I, so I think, I think the generosity of spirit from people has been, has been remarkable. Like I said, I, I went, to, I came to the States for a few days to do some interviews and we went up to DC and we did we did interview Ian Mackay. Unfortunately, it's not in the film because um, for one reason or the other. But I would love to do something with the, with it, with the interview itself, because he was just remarkable. You know, he was just he had he, he'd thought so carefully about everything to do with Chumbawamba and his relationship to Chumbawamba. That it, it was just really hot. Again, it was heartwarming to, to know that not only had it had an influence on him and impacted on him, but that he'd also been, you know, he'd, he'd thought about it on a lot of different levels. And I think that was, that was nice to think that, although some people might just know us for that one song, other people uh, uh, talk about Chumboram in a way where it had a bigger, you know, a bigger, longer lasting impact than just the one song. So that was, that was encouraging. Also the support from some of the people in the band for the film has been really, has been really not surprising at all, but really heartwarming as well. Right. So it's been nothing but it's been nothing but a really you know uh, you know long a very long experience but right. also um, and also that I've made it with uh, a, a woman called Sophie Robinson who's a film director and um, she didn't know Chumbawamba before we met she okay. didn't have, she didn't really have a clue about Chumbawamba hmm. um, and 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 that was that was a really really good experience because she brought to it an outsider's perspective on the whole thing, yeah. which is really important for the film because I'd be going, oh, I love this bit. This bit's got to stay in. And she'd be going, look, A, I don't know what that's about. And B, it just looks like a really private joke between you lot in the band. Nobody, so it's going to alienate other people. So in that sense, it's been, it's been a really good experience that she's got a much, she's got a broader you know, view, of it, a view of it. And it's, and that's been really encouraging that she talks to people about it in her world, yeah. you know, and, and the positive, you know, the positive, you know, the, 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 I, I, you know, I hope there'll be a buzz about it when the film does actually start, start playing and it does really well because, um, because I've enjoyed the experience of it so much. And I think, I think it is, I think it is a, a film for, for now as well. I think, right. I think it, 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 it'll resonate now, you know, and it's like, it doesn't feel as though it's out of date you know, in what it's saying. And I think the way we've presented the things that Chumwamba did is in a way, is, is in such a way as to say, look, these things are, are, can still be relevant today and right. and have, you know, and, and and we've brought it up to date and we've involved people who are from a younger generation who are doing stuff now. So it has all those elements to it. So it's sort of, so I really like that. I obviously really like it. Right, you know? yeah. I hope you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say I don't like it. Right. But it's yeah. five years to get it to the point where I do really like it. So. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's because, and that's, you know, that's because, you know, I've had people around helping us make it. And, right. and so he's, you know, really helped in, you know, making sure that everything about the film is, you know, is, is means that anybody can connect with it. And it's not just for a small audience. Yeah. Well, you, you know what the question is going to be once it does well, 
is there going to be a reunion? You know, that's going to be. <laughs> yeah. I know. yeah. Yeah. So I'm not asking you, I'm just, I'm posing the question. You know, that's going to come up. You yeah. know, so Unfortunately, I don't think that'll ever happen. Right. Um, so it's be funny prepared. because I know I've, I, I expect that we might get asked to play maybe, you know, right. you know, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, we've been offered, you know, we've been offered a few times to get back together. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's too. Yeah. It's too loud. because the, the, I suppose the thing is that Chumbawamba actually carried on right after you left. Yeah, after when after me, Alice, Harry, and Dambert left, yeah. Chumbawamba carried on as an acoustic outfit right, for right. another I don't know, like another seven years or something. Yeah. And they've got their own catalogue of albums. Yeah, it's pretty albums. good. Yeah, yeah. So that's not my story. Right. So that's not. Right. That's not so that's film. not in the film. Yeah. If one of them wants to make a, a film about that Chumbawamba, you oh, know, they're more than welcome to, but that's right. not my, that's not my story. My story is up until, you know, 2005 and then what I did after that, I suppose. Right. Well, I didn't, but at the same time, I didn't feel as though I could start making the film until after mm -hmm. that Chumbawamba had come to an end. I didn't want to, yeah. I didn't want to make something, you know, whilst that band was still going. So I sort right. of waited until, was it 2015 they called it a day? Something like that, yeah, and then I think, so, yeah. then I think, then I thought, all right, now, now you I, can can, I can, you know, I can start making a film. Right, absolutely. But I look forward. I'm to not going to step on anybody's toes. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I look forward to seeing it, and I hope it does not, nothing but you know greatness for you. And uh, Dunstan, I appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you so much. And a special thanks to Dunstan for joining me today. You can follow him on Twitter at Dunstan Bruce. Looking forward to the documentary. Hopefully it'll be out in 2021. And check out all their past albums. They're really good. And if you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter at the person 019 or like the page of my youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the best episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, and Amazon Music, and wherever podcasts are found. And go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com for all your merchandise. If you didn't get anybody a uh, holiday present, eh, it could be a belated present, it's totally fine. New episode comes out every week. Happy New Year to everybody, and stay safe.